secret friends unite! Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast, episode 377. This is your guide to the geek side, and I am one of your hosts, Todd, the moving man Oxtra, joined by Charlie, don't show me your eagle, Carden. Eagle? Do I, is, there an, is there an eagle behind me? The middle finger. Oh, that's right. Yeah, this is uh, we're coming off a surgery week here over at uh, over on Lakeside Drive. I had a finger surgery on Monday. April had a big procedure on Wednesday. She's doing really good. It's follow, Thursday. Follow Charlie's tar- Twitter for April yes. updates. Yes, exactly. Please follow me your for medical all. privacy is your right. business. <laughs> Maybe I should give her a fake name. Let's see here. Uh, my wife, May June. <laughs> Yes. Yes. So we're glad everybody's in a better place. Um, you know, we're, we're we're getting ready for the Memorial Day weekend, which is going to be a blast. And holy crap, Charlie, hold on to your seats because next week we are going to have a crap ton of like TV and things to talk about. So just hold on because you're going to be into it. We're, we're in the cusp of cool things coming. But before we talk about that, we need to talk about this wonderful cover. Batman, number 377, where Batman has lost his arms. He's turned into a bat. It's Little Nemo on a bed. And then we've got Suspiria, uh, or Nocturna, means nightmare, making everyone crazy. This is from November 1984. Who's having the dream? Is that supposed to be Dick Grayson? I think it is. He's got a Robin. Oh, there you go. Maybe it's a precursor before Robin you know, before he became Robin, he was, you know, the ward. Having some dreams. So yeah. wait, wait, this is from November 94 and it was. 84. Oh, not, not uh, 95 P. So this is the, this is the overseas version. Yes. It's not. Yeah. If it was 95 cents, I would be November of 84 and it was 95 cents. That's insane. Cause yeah, yeah comic comics, it, uh, were 60 to 70, 60, 60, 65 or 75. 75 for DC run. That's right. They, yeah. yeah. That's right. They the quality, Charlie. Well, yes, I'm sure that that's what they thought. And this is weird. You see, he's wearing a cape, but then uh, there's also more cape up here. If you look at the upper left-hand corner to the right of the DC signal, there's more yellow, and there's another bat, and there's just a lot of lot of there, there's a lot of bat happenings. Except bat- for Batman has no cape, but he has wings. But, right, exactly. Yes, yeah, he, he uh, or arms, like you said. What do you call a guy with no arms and no legs in a pool? Bob. There you go. What do you so call a man with no arms or legs on the wall? Um, fly. Art. What do you oh. call a man with no arms and legs on the floor? Rug. Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, this is not about a podcast oh. make fun of amputees. A person we never make fun of. That never. is Madam Webb Can't with our it. rumors and news. So let's go. Now it's time for Madam Webb's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Madam Webb. Celebrations for Star Wars have officially begun. You'll hear this tomorrow. And guess who's dressed up like Babu Frick's mom? That's right, Madam Webb. She's trying to create a thing. I don't know if it'll happen. Oh, she's growing the mustache, Charlie. She's growing the mustache. I guess she puts Billy D to shame. My God. All right, up first, before we talk about Star Wars... Uh, the the punch in the the punch ups in the hallway show is coming back, or a, a version of it is coming back. Uh, Daredevil uh, new series on Disney Plus is in the works with Matt Corman and Chris Ord set to write. Don't know who they are. I probably should since this is my sourced article. Whoops. Um, but yeah, it was you know we knew that back in the s- late winter, early springtime, the uh, Netflix. It was it was March, March first. All of the um. Marvel Netflix series, you know, Luke Cage and Daredevil and Defenders, they all got the boot. They got dropped. Well, Disney, you know, uh, swung in and snagged them up. And now uh, it, it led to the age gating of Disney Plus. Now they do have a little bit more mature content getting with the times. Um, so, yeah. So they're talking about bringing Daredevil back. So I assume this means he's going to be uh, in the MCU now officially, uh, which, of course, we saw him in Sp- uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. So he is, sort of. Um, but yeah, the series is going to be swinging back with uh, Charlie Cox and Vincent DiNofrio as Wilson Fisk, uh, who we did see in uh, Hawkeye getting blown up by some arrows and stuff. Um, but yeah, we don't have a ton of more information. 
Um, but also we've got Piper Parabo from the It's So Bad, It's Good, We Watch It Once a Year, uh, Coyote Ugly. <laughs> it's a wife that a movie that April likes. And Christopher Gorman. No, they're not in it, Shirley. Oh, they're not? Yeah, oh. The creators of the, sh- the, the, the showrunners made Covert Affairs, which had those people in it. What a, uh, yes. what a, what a weird thing to put in there. Like, these people were in the show we made. Because I was just reading it like that was part of the announcement. No, I don't no, know. They're just saying that's what they did. So I, the, so I, have, I have no idea what I'm doing. Uh, so really, this article doesn't seem to have a lot of meat, but we know that it is happening. Todd, you famously were a little sour on the whole Daredevil scenario after the first season. So I love season one and everything else. That felt kind of like lower. Yep. Gotta. I mean, they brought back Kingpin again. I mean, gotta have Electra. She was kind of subpar. They brought in Punisher, which I felt like I never really cared for the Punisher because he's essentially a dude who kills a lot of people. So right, right. Not not yeah, not 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 a hero. So it's like uh, yeah, it's just it just to me is like. I don't care. He has pain. So does all the right. other heroes, but they don't go off and kill people with AR-15s. But that's just me. Um, yeah, so this is going to be interesting because people are going to expect this to be the, the Netflix show. It's not. Um, did you know, Charlie, that the Daredevil show never had the same creators and showrunners for every season? They had Oh, really? Every now These aren't even, yeah, these people are not even related to it. And guess right. what? The, Punish, the, 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 the Kingpin who was introduced in this show, which was introduced in Hawkeye, is not the same kingpin. They're so, gonna they're gonna they're gonna swap out the kingpin. No, no, this is not. No, the kingpin is not. That's not the same version of the kingpin. This is essentially a multiverse thing. Because oh. Wilson Fisk, remember, he was wearing the the Hawaiian shirt, doing those things. So essentially, that version of Dare, Daredevil, like with all the the drama and stuff behind, is dead. We're not getting that version. We're getting Charlie Cox playing Daredevil, but he's not going to be the same Matt Murdock. We have Echo who is introduced in that show, who's going to be probably part of the show because she's getting her own spinoff. So I think people have to like change their mindset. And I think this is for the best because guess what? The Daredevil that was part of that show, I don't think he blends well with the MCU because he was not exactly set up to take on bigger threats because he barely managed like he like yeah he was just all about being dead pretty much all over the place naturally oh night nurse is saving him because he's got shot 40 times and you know somebody drove a truck over him it was just it was just not not a good setup yeah so i don't know i guess i i guess at a blush i would have more interest if they were trying to pick up a thread uh on what had been done before but i don't know i don't know i think we can do take some classic daredevil stories and convert it to this, um, you know, because Bullseye has still not been introduced. I um, mean, that's his main adversary. So I think it's some pivots to really bring it in. Typhoid Mary. Pivot! Was, was she introduced? Yes. And I don't, okay. you know what? We didn't even finish the last season of it. And she was, it was uh, Alice Eve. Actress yes. Alice Eve was cast as Typhoid Mary. And I think we were just like, this kind of sucks. And we just didn't watch it. So... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was hard to beat the climax of season one and everything they did, and it yeah. felt like they were just trying to repeat. And I just felt like it just fell flat. So I would love to see Daredevil brought back if he is. I like the I like the actor, but give him a new spin, maybe a different power set where he actually fits better with the other Marvel heroes. Mm-hmm. You know, more of that. Like he's really the best fighter. He has right. that, that uh, intuition and the radar, which makes him more of a threat and makes so it more capable. You're, you're saying bring back the uh, Ben Affleck vibe. And maybe, maybe a sound, maybe a soundtrack by Evanescence. Sure. I'm all yeah. for it. You know, two, why not two, Charlie? It's, it's 2003 all over again. Oh my goodness. Speaking of things related to Marvel, what else we got? Yeah, this one's an interesting one because he is one of the last power players in the MC that we have seen that's not tied to the FF or really X-Men. And that is Namor. Namor was the original mutant in the, uh, the Marvel universe. He was one of the first Marvel characters uh, along with the human torch, the Android. So the fact that he's been missing and he is the King of Atlantis um, and essentially has always been kind of an anti-hero. You never know who he fall. He, he loved Sue storm and there was a lot of uh, dynamics there. And we never knew what, where Namor would put his, uh, you know, his, where he would throw in with when a conflict arose. So they're talking about, he's eventually going to be showing him, you know, basically coming into the MCU, which is cool. And apparently he's going to be making his debut in black Panther Wakanda forever, which is very cool. Two Kings, uh, you know, whatever that's kind of neat. Uh, Cause they did mention 
some 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 things happening in the ocean. Uh, previously. That's right, an earthquake yes. under the ocean. Yeah, and we but they are changing it up. He's he's going to play by a me- Mexican actor, Tenoch Huerta, and basically his origin is going to be the son of a human sea captain and a princess of the undersea kingdom of Atlantis. Nemo's origin story. The sea captain. Yep, it'll be changed from its Greek roots to Mayan culture, which is very cool. It's very timely. Why not? Yeah, exactly. Mayan, sea, what have you. I like it. Yeah, yeah so I mean, what, Atlantis what, could be off the coast of, of, of the Gulf of Mexico. Why not? Well, like Cobra Island. Sure. Yeah, this dude right here. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I mean, this is kind of cool because Namor was one of the Illuminati. We got the Illuminati, which in one version of the Illuminati, essentially, doesn't mean it's the, the primary version which Namor sat on. So I think right. this is all coming into play, Charlie. We're going to get all these cool pieces, and I think that's how Marvel goes to the next era is by raising the stakes right. with new characters. Got to. Yeah, exactly, because if you have actors and uh, in actors' age, so you don't you know, necessarily want to, you know, do you want, you know, 40-year-old Cap, 50-year-old Cap? Because Chris Evans, I think he's younger than us, but he's not a whole lot younger than us. You know what I mean? What, how old? How old is he? Maybe in his early forties. I am looking it up. <laughs> he is now forty years old, born in eighty-one. There you go. So yes, not so much, not 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 such the spring chicken anymore. My goodness. Well, speaking of springless chickens, uh, we have Din Djarin, the no longer a Mandalorian, confirmed for season three in February of next year. For so for my birthday, yay! Birthday for Charlie, and I will be forty-seven. Much like, Todd, I'm thinking of a podcast. It's very near and dear to my heart that has a 47 in it. Do you remember what the name of that is? Um, it is 47 Ways to Leave Your Lover podcast. Oh, there you go. That's Paul Simon Paul Simon on sale. Yeah, exactly. Right. Safe three. Right. No, uh, that's the magic Star Trek number. And why we named our Star Trek show, Code 47, The Captain's Emergency Receipt. But anyway, so... Star Wars Celebration. It's the thing that Todd waits for every year. There's no bigger Star Wars fan I've ever met in my life than Todd Extra. Right, Correcto Todd? Mundo. I knew it. May the Force be with you, Charlie. May the Force be with somebody. But anyway. I'm showing uh, my Star Wars sign right now. Uh, oh, is it? A, you know what? I don't I, I scroll windows. Oh, there you go. I thought you were flipping me off. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. We've had, it's funny, we're recording this on Thursday night to drop tomorrow, which is Friday, because, you know, we're lazy like that, uh, or life happens. But uh, Star Wars Celebration started uh, late this morning uh, out in Anaheim in California, and they've already kind of, I don't want to use the expression, blown their load, but all the big stuff is kind of out there now. But I did, I did it, that's right. We've got got a handful uh, of things on August 31, we are getting Andor. And we received a, a teaser trailer for it about a, about a minute minute and a half uh, of the uh, stuff that did not get Todd excited. But this will be taking place, if I remember the notes, prior to uh, maybe maybe five, six, seven years prior to uh, the end of Andor, which was in Rogue One. And kind of how he's getting stuff started. We're also seeing actress Genevieve O'Reilly as Mon Mothma. That's the other familiar face-ish, I guess. And uh, this it actually kind of got more of a Clone Wars vibe out of here. They had the ships. The armor looked the same. So I don't know that I'm 100% about that time frame. So, But you even saw the Senate. Todd, I know you love the Senate. It's your favorite part of Star Wars, right? Love the politics, Charlie. The politics. There's nothing better. They might as well just call it politics. Well, they passed that road construction bill. That's what I, I'm, I'm curious about. I mean, I hope so. Hopefully that's the focus of the first episode. This is series- package for uh, blue milk farmers. <laughs> This uh, series will also be episode count longer uh, than the other shows uh, that we are getting, which include uh, just uh, tomorrow will be the first episode of the first two episodes of the six of Kenobi, which I'm super fired up about. So, uh, so Todd, wait, this season, the first season is going to be, I'm just reading more details. I pulled up a link. Ah, you cheated. The first season is going to be 12 episodes long. Yeah, that's literally yeah. what I, literally which what I, just, literally it's double with double Kenobi. Literally, literally I've, I've learned with these series with more episodes it means there's just more filler. Literally there's, what I just said. Yes. That it was the longest. So thank I'm, you very I'm much. Just, Yes. But yes, then, I, I, I agree with you. The propensity for filler is high because look at the book of Boba Fett. That it, was that, six episodes. It, it was six episodes and two and a quarter of them were about Mando. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Old. And the fact that this is season one, they're confirming there's already two seasons, which I, I, oh, of, of Andor, I would say. I, of I, Andor, yeah. The, yeah, there, there is no confirmation on Kenobi. I know it's being bandied about, but um, yeah, I don't know. You know what, Todd? Who knows? I, uh, they said the same thing about Bad Batch. I wasn't thrilled by Bad Batch, but maybe they're going to come back and do something amazing. When they come back, That's, they'll do it. They'll do a time jump. It'll be something different. You know, I wouldn't. And we talked about this on the Holocron. I wouldn't mind seeing the Bad Batch if they, you know, jumped it forward ten years, and that now Omega is not a you know kid in trouble anymore. Now she's a plucky young adult. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, do something interesting with it. Put it, jump it forward, saying we found these retired clones and we bring them in a story that makes sense versus just we've got to fill every gap because if we don't fill every gap then people won't know what happens because people have no imagination and they can't make up their mind it's yes it's that silly is, that, that you have to fill in all the gaps that is um, correct well i know you're not fired up about that but i know uh, well you are super I mean, fired up about this next thing well but i, I just with andor uh, in these clips i saw no hook to make me feel like oh they're doing something different this looks like it's just going to be going to do more um, insurrections, trying to get the rebellion started earlier. Um, I mean, I, yeah, I think that's it, and I hate but to say But how is that really that interesting, I, unless you're saying there was a big effort that happened because of this that we never saw, and that's what turned the tide? I don't know. And to me, it's like, regardless, we know what was the outcome was, so I'm just... I'm just struggling I, with with I, putting so much of Star Wars into this era again. It's right. just like guys, it's all it, it's all very prequely. I I, I agree yeah. with you that yeah, this could be great though. I like Rogue One, but I don't know. Right. If, but Rogue One was two hours long, and they did right. more statement welcome, and they told a solid story. They they really did. So we you don't know that you you don't know until you see it. Yeah, and and, and we'll all end up seeing it. But speaking of uh, you having no fire for that, I I I. I I don't really have any fire for this next thing, but I can tell you're excited, so go for it. Well, because uh, Willow got a trailer for the sequel series, which, you know, it's funny. I always refer to the Goldberg episode where Adam Goldberg <laughs> is so excited about Willow because this is the follow-up, the the next thing that George Lucas is doing. It's going to be so big. And then it was, well, it was Willow. And that's the whole right. part of it. Willow was really, I think where the emperor had no clothes, we once again saw that George Lucas is not really good at kind of really telling great stuff. stories He's not with good, good acting stuff. and things like that. He didn't direct it, but he, it was his idea and essentially his story and things like that. And we know with Lucas, he's always better when he's got people to execute his vision that are really good. And nobody really good was against Will. It was Ron Howard's one of his first movies. So he was still a very young director. I think he, that was his project coming after splash. Mm -hmm. And we ultimately saw Ron Howard, what he does with genre films with Han Solo. He's just not very imaginative. He's just a very good storyteller when it's a very standard story, like Apollo 13 thing. But when it comes to like fantastical things, I think he just doesn't get it or he doesn't have a, a hand at that. Um, so Willow was a flat film. Didn't, didn't really perform well. Had a lot of promise. Val Kilmer was awesome in it. Um, I, I, I thought, the actors were fine. It just was poor execution. Also the graphics and the, and, and you know, the, the special effects kind of struggled because it was before CG, which probably would have helped it. But this trailer for this new series really looks cool. It, you know, it's an older Willow. He's more, you know, established. He's a wizard. He's leading people through a new story and it's can only go up. Charlie, that's what has me excited. I like fantasy. I always have. Um, and because of that, this has promise. Cause I always thought Willow had a promise, um, but it just was unfulfilled. This makes me feel there could be promise. So that's why I'm so excited because Willow has literally had nothing in 34 years. So, you know what? Throw a dog a bone. You, you're, you're not afraid that this is going to turn out to be like, we brought you back a sequel for, you know, I always, I always go right to uh, independence day. With a with a, with a sequel that nobody wanted. Yeah, but Independence Day wasn't even a good movie to begin with. But it, people loved it and have nostalgia for it. It wasn't like uh, direct, well directed, well acted. I or mean, plot. you know, Jeff I, Goldblum killed aliens with a MacBook. It 
like I said, a similar argument could be made. But again, all of fandom is about enjoying what you enjoy. I think, and, I and, think, and not not I, not pissing at anybody else's. But I think filmmakers are much more uh, akin to make fantasy good these days than they were back in the eighties with like Conan O'Brien right. and oh, Beastmaster. I, I was going to say, what was you just said, Conan O'Brien, Conan yes, the Conan Barbarian, <laughs> you Conan don't the librarian. <laughs> I was going to yes. say, what was the other one I was thinking of that is starred the the uh, uh, the guy who was he was Red a, Sonia. No, no, it was. Um, Crawl. I was thinking of Crawl. Crawl, Beastmaster, was, any of those. Yeah, Charlie, the guy who was Crawl went on to be a villain in Star Trek, so it's in DS9. So yes. it's just this weird stuff. My, my point being, fantasy yes. was hard enough to pull off. George Lucas doing fantasy was even harder to pull off. So well, this is, like I said, nowhere to go up but, but up. But then he better production values, and Disney's behind him. But Todd, then he gave us the prequels and then Red Tail, so I don't really know what you're complaining about. No, he about. also gave us that the animated musical, remember? With the with the, the the trolls or whatever, were they saying like pop tunes? Oh my god! Oh yeah, that was his last project, Charlie. So we can say this: Lucas has more farts than he has fragrances. <laughs> <laughs> Putting perfume. Ah. Put, don't, don't don't pee down my leg and tell me it's raining. Yes. Well, anyway, let's move on. Yes, please. The shortest story of all time. Oh my god, so short. Mandalorian coming out just in time. For my birthday next year, Din Djarin, the star of the Book of the Boba Fett, <laughs> will be uh, reprising his role in that season, which I would assume would probably be, again, another eight episodes, because that seems to be their sweet spot. No, Charlie, there's four episodes of the Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's what they did. It's going to be a holdover. Yoink. Yeah, yeah, you're like, gotcha. You're still watching. We can't, you can't, you can't stop us. It's, uh, it's four episodes of him learning how to make Tuscan cuisine. <laughs> making oh, and, is, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is it under a Tuscan sun? I think so. <laughs> I love it. It writes itself. Uh, oh Come my on, have fun god! With me. Have fun with me. That's I'm trying to make stuff. fun of Star Wars. And then uh, wrapping it up, we do have uh, fresh with a Google image of Jude Law uh, to be the star of the Star Wars skeleton crew. And then Todd. So this is, you know, I, I it was funny because I heard John drop this on me earlier today, and then but I had heard a summary about it yesterday. Live action show Jude Law and a group of ten year old kids trying to find their way home. You nailed it. This is the Star Trek prodigy of Star Wars. Um, but it is live action. Otherwise, why would they give us the Google image of Jude Law's face? <laughs> because they needed, a, they needed an image to say, we don't have anything. Here's Jude Law. <laughs> but yeah, the, the new sweet, sweet, sweet spot is post Return of the Jedi, Jedi but like yeah. three weeks later. And uh, yeah, so this is going to plug in time frame ways with Mando, Book of Boba Fett, and Ahsoka. Which I would love if they would have told us something about that because that's in production right I now. I thought Ahsoka those. was coming in twenty. I think they 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 tied okay. into Mandalorian. Ahsoka is coming in twenty twenty three as well. It's uh, oh that we we did, we didn't report on that. Did it say that in the Mando story? I thought so. Yeah. Well, shiver me timbers. Yeah, because I know that shows in production coming right from Todd Orama. Todd Orama. <clears throat> so uh, <clears throat> yeah, it did say this was reported on earlier this month and had a working title of Grammar Rodeo. Well, you know, stop drilling, you've struck oil. That is the title that I wanted. A classic uh, galactic version of a classic Amblin coming of age adventure of the 80s. So this is, oh, it's like E.T., but there can be E.T.'s in it. Or Goonies, it. Maybe, or Stand By Me. Maybe the, or, maybe the uh, 10 year olds are all ETs because uh, they, we know that that is canonical to the Star Wars universe because of uh, the Senate. Well, the good news is John Watts is behind this. We talked about it. We like what he right. does. So I think he's going to have it. He, and he worked with kids, actors with, you know, Spider-Man, the Spider-Man films. Um, and we've got obviously the, the standards with John Favreau and Dave Filoni serving as producers because they right, want right. to keep everything tight. They want to make sure we don't have anybody, any characters being, involved that can't and they can push right. in some more Filoni verse characters. I mean, who hasn't showed up yet, Charlie? Fil Filoni verse sounds like baloney verse. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I like what he does. Stinky the Hut. Stinky the Hut can show oh, up. Oh yes. Yeah. Well he'd be grown by now. Yeah, they had yeah, there uh, you go. a zero the hut who was uh was it the Truman Capote character <laughs> Wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. We are you, so, somewhere in somewhere in I mean, uh, 
somewhere in uh, Marin County, California, George Lucas is spinning in his oxygen tent because he knows he knows we're ripping. It. Oh, wait a minute, it's not him. He doesn't give a shit. Kathleen Kennedy is you know sitting in a sitting in a pentagram circle uh, casting spells against us. So she's got the uh, the, the dark hold, and she's the trying to find hold. an alternate universe where somebody can take over Star Wars and she can retire with her golden parachute. <laughs> Oh, yes. you're right. At the, at the bottom of this, it does say uh, it does say the confirmation of the the third season of Mando and the premiere of Ahsoka in 2023. Yeah. So, but you know what? We've asked for Star Wars to do genre things within Star Wars, so maybe this is going to be fun. Um, but kids can either be horrible or great. You're right. Uh, it's a balance. It's uh, it, it is it's an absolute crapshoot, but things do tend to tilt in a not so great direction. But anyway, that's it for Star Wars. We will be back recording we're, we're we're on the cusp we're recording again on saturday for next week's show so there might even be some more star wars news we will see Who but, knows? Uh, until we get that we have one last story and this is kind of cool because uh, i've been interested in the series because blue beetle is coming to dc uh i believe it's going to be a, a standalone movie um, everything originally was going to be a HBO Max exclusive, but it's actually going to go to theaters now, which is actually what the, uh, the the new runner of HBO Media and Discovery says he wants more films on screen. He doesn't want everything to be on streaming, and he wants to justify the high price to put it on the theaters first, then bring it to streaming. So I'm like, that's an interesting approach. So we got Blue Beetle, and Blue Beetle is a Heritage DC character, actually a Charlton character that DC acquired from like the 1950s, brought in and then um, really developed, and essentially the original Blue Beetle was Ted Kord. He was an inventor. Um, you saw shades of Blue Beetle in The Watchmen. Uh, Night Owl was that uh, basically inspiration for that character. And um, just a really cool character. He established a really cool relationship. He was just a normal guy who invented cool stuff. But then we had a reboot of Blue Beetle during the New 52 where essentially Blue Beetle was actually an alien technology which latched on to a young teen, Jaime Reyes, who gained alien uh, power, similar to like almost like an Iron Man with the nanites or whatever the, the whatever the things that he had. So he's a cool character. And it's really fun. He, he's been really cool, part of um, a really cool character people like. Plus he's an Hispanic character, and he's going to be the first Hispanic character to get his own uh, mainstream film and he's just a cool character i like him a lot he's 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 fighting with the technology the technology is fighting against him i think this could be really cool and the fact that it's got uh, miguel from cobra kai in this and we see the costume and it looks damn good for just being a like a shot from the side of the street <laughs> right yeah nothing that has been all cgi'd up and pretty and, and and pretty prettied up at all so it's comic accurate which yeah. is really a fantastic well, and and you don't and you don't see a ton of it, so that's cool. And this is a film or show. It's going to be a film. Um, nice. It originally cool. was supposed to be an HBO Max like streaming film, but they are changing their perspective on where they want to have their films go. And if they're going to spend all this money, they'd rather have it go to the theaters first and then come to HBO Max. HBO Max, very nice. Yes. I like it. Well, that's a rapid rue on the news. And again, when we come back uh, and record uh, again, you know, long holiday weekend, nothing better to do. Let's make some podcasts. We'll be back with we'll be back with the the pooper scooper of Star Wars news. If there's anything which will be a week old by the time you listen to it. But you know what? We we make it worth it. You know what I'm saying? We come in. We put the sweet spin on this deal. We got it figured out. But one thing that we've also have figured out for a good long time get us on down to Skugtown to nastyville that's right that's where we have the geek easy and we talk about what we're digging on so let's go talk nerdy to me talk nerdy to me we're sitting in the geek easy cover bands playing drinks are poured and we are ready to get our nerd on this week charlie um yeah we're, we're kind of getting to a transition where some shows are wrapping up, some things are happening, and it's, we're just going to have a good time talking about some stuff we've both been watching. Uh, so this week, uh, this weekend, uh, I saw that The Lost City was on Paramount+. Plus. Oh, yeah! Um, I didn't realize it was already on there, so I'm like, very cool. And I, I know, it's so, it's so weird how that kind of stuff sneaks up. Now, we did, and again, you know, because we just go see movies like It Ain't No Thing because we enjoy getting out. So we saw this one a couple months ago, whatever it is. So what what were you think? Were you sufficiently entertainerized? Oh, I I truly enjoyed it. It was probably a little uh, long in the tooth in parts, but I 
didn't realize Brad Pitt was in this movie. Spoilers. And he was fantastic. <laughs> what he did, the, some of the, the fighting he did was awesome. And I just loved the banter, the back and forth between the moon characters. I love right. that Harry Potter was a bad guy. Oh, yeah. Um, it was just, you know, it was romancing the stone with mm-hmm. this with this generation for the, and, the, 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 cheekier era without a doubt. Yeah. And we got like that weird throw, throwaway storyline with like the, the, the publicist with the guy from the office, which d- just didn't even need to be there. Right. And beyond that was, it was a pretty fun, entertaining movie. I enjoyed it. Right. Good stuff. So yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and on the flip side, looks like you saw something a little bit less serious that I think I talked about last week. Less serious? Less yeah. serious? Well, uh, it, it's, it, yes, in opposite world, it was much more serious. Oh my goodness, Charlie. This movie, The Northman, you saw it before and you said, yep. I'm going to see it because I want to see a certain someone. I just saw it because I saw this trailer and it just like blew me. I'm like, this is going to be like a Mad Did, Max level, like but, intense movie. Didn't didn't Bjork make the movie for you? <laughs> oh, I just like that's Bjork. Okay, hello. I know. Um, this, it, it, this, it took me a minute. Yeah, but yeah, no, that was her. This movie felt like a drug filled, like Viking revenge tale. And apparently, this movie was what uh, Hamlet was actually based on. This actual true story about this, nor you know this this uh, Scandinavian prince whose parents his father was killed by a family member and the mother was taken away. And it was all about him escaping as a 10 year old and coming back. And it was just, some of the scenes were so intense and some of the scenes seemed so surrealistic. Like I'm like, is that a Valkyrie really there? Is he imagining it? Why is Bjork there and not there? Right. Um, yeah. He's, is he fighting a skeleton King or not? Um, yeah, it was just, it was just crazy. And some of the things were just very, over the top violent. I mean, that one scene, Charlie, when you, you, you're introduced to him as a, as an adult where they're going to attack that, um, that, that village and the guy throws the sp- spear at him. Uh, Skarsgård turns around, picks it and just throws it back. I'm like, Oh, it's on. Like, <laughs> yeah. <he comes>. Funk. <laughs> yeah. But it's oh. crazy. It's kind of like, I mean, you see them all in and it's like, then you see them like, Three hours in, they're just they had to take a break because they are exhausted. Right. <laughs> they're like, oh, I need a recharge. Right. So, but man, not there were no good guys. I mean, these were pillagers stealing right. slaves, and and the good guy that you thought was a good guy, he, you know, he was doing horrible things to people, and the right. parents were. And um, but it was a crazy kind of movie. To your point, you know, the the whole vision quest and the revenge tale, and right. essentially nobody was nobody really came out good. I mean, you've got like a widowed mom and everybody's dead. And right. And, just- and, the, and the widowed mom was like, you know, she was, yeah, she ended up being awful. And then the end of it, yeah, everybody, everybody, oh. die, everybody dies except the, the, the sweet lass who gets away. And exactly. Uh, yeah. Has to raise two kids on her own. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So where's CPS for that? Where's, you know, where, where's her child support? Who's helping her out? But man, Nicole Kidman in this movie, she was wow. quite the, uh, like, Ooh, I, I yeah, get I you. You didn't like. I didn't like. You didn't like your husband. But yeah, man, but it's oh, just man. like yeah. You didn't have to cheer when he you know got run through. Um, oh, it was creepy too. Where never mind that one scene. I was like, that's getting pretty creepy. Yeah, thank God. And it was oh, just it's too much yeah. like Oedipus Rex and right. <laughs> weird overtones. I'm like, don't want to go right. there. But if you are interested in a very intense movie that will have you on your seat and you're like, where the hell is this going? And it's very yeah, right. Very See this true. movie? Yes. But it is very gory. Yeah, very, very gory. Not enough nudity. So big thumbs yeah. up. But Anya yeah. ta- Taylor Joy's butt made it all the worthwhile. Just saying. Yeah, but you got to see everybody else's too. So it was like, oh, okay. Everybody's nude. Everybody's. Well, I, yeah, I, 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 I like, yeah. I, I liked hers best. Carrying okay. on, moving on. Yes. So lastly, um, the journey is over, Charlie, for the expanse. Uh, the search is over. Sing it with me, Todd. Yes. You were with me all the while. Stay with uh, us that here. Was the, that was the uh, theme song for Enterprise, right? No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it should have been. Damn. Yes. yes, Todd, yes. One, of um, the, one of these times you got to start singing with me, and then we'll finish with I'm here all night on the wave. Jazz, yes, the quiet storm. No, but uh, rather than uh, quiet jazz, we're going to talk about the expanse, which finally finished its voyage. Six seasons. Um, It was canceled by sci-fi because of cost. Amazon picked it up. 
And it was a success story. Only got two seasons, two seasons, I think, on sci-fi. Then got four more seasons on Amazon. That is amazing. Um, and thank God Amazon's got a lot of money because the show didn't <laughs> suffer. It looked good. <laughs> thank uh, God they've they got the, money. Exactly. They kept their budgets up, and it was amazing. Um, my biggest complaint was I only got the, the last season was only six episodes. It really needed to be 10 because you felt the they rushed everything. Now, I think they had a good finish but I think they could have had more time to really develop some story points. There was this one storyline that got brought in. I'm like, I still don't know what the hell that was. It was, it was, I think it was meant to be something more, but they just had to cut it, which I have to look and do some like, what the hell was that? Cause it's very odd and was underdeveloped and didn't make sense, but everything else, these actors and they did so much heavy lifting the pain when you saw what they're going through it was phenomenal. And they did so many touchstones of things that you experienced in the past and made you remember all of the sacrifices they made. And actors, actors who are gone because actors. Of- yeah, I mean, it was just really bittersweet. And I I would love if they made almost like a like like when Farscape ended, it was canceled too soon, but they made like a movie. Almost like the the it was all it was like a two hour movie just to kind of like wrap up all the last pieces. I think we could get that with the expanse, but I don't know if they're gonna get they're gonna get it. But man, I it, it was such a great surprise and a new canon into a new property that wasn't based on Marvel, DC, or something else. It was just a book that someone said this is awesome and should be shared by more people who don't like reading books. Like me, <laughs> who falls asleep after three well, pages. Books make me sleepy. Yeah, I know. They I'm do. bad. They I'm do. bad. I got to be stuck somewhere where I can't watch TV to read a book. <laughs> oh, oh I know. I'm horrible. As soon as I start reading, I'm like, why am I nodding off? And I've read that same page right. 18 bonk, times. <laughs> bonk, bonk. The trick is not to read in bed, but then if you're sitting not in bed, you're like, I'd rather be doing something else. I know it's terrible. Exactly. It's, but, yeah, but, it's, it's hard. But I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's goals and. If I get some sleep, maybe I'll be able to stay longer versus have 18 the print cups of coffee. Is dead. Oh, my goodness. Well, speaking of, uh, segueing it over here, I, uh, while well, everyone was having her surgery yesterday, I had, of course, the nice long wait in the uh, you know family lounge or whatever. So I decided to actually read some flippity flop comic books. And uh, I had heard on various podcasts and just the, the buzz, this and that, about this uh, War of the Bounty Hunters that the Marvel Comics and the Star Wars miniseries did probably late last summer, or it ran through last fall. And I thought, oh, you know, they're cramming, they're, they're finding a way. And I, I read a bit of it back then, but I, I kind of dropped off because I dropped off kind of comics altogether. The hunt for Han Solo's body. Yeah, it was, you know, they're they're cramming in like a bunch of this and that. And, you know, it's like, how much time period can we fit into this six months or a year or whatever it was that was between, you know, Empire and Jedi? Um and they did it. They did it in massive Marvel crossover style. It was six issues. I didn't didn't end up finishing it. I think I'm on five. And then it was time for us to go home. So I'm like, oh, iPad is now on a shelf somewhere, and I'll read the rest of it again in another the, ne- the next time one of us has to go to the emergency room. I don't know. I'll pick it up at some point. But honestly, um, I think they did some interesting things with it. They they brought back uh, Kira from Solo, a Han Solo 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 Star Star Wars movie. Uh, which I enjoy. I actually watched that yesterday because it was the anniversary of that film and it had its moments. Um, it, it was a heavy Boba Fett piece, which Boba Fett, which you could like him because he was still a villain and he wasn't trying to be too deep, which is, I think, what we hated certainly about the show. Um, yeah, and they start, they they, st- they stole out some cool moments. So, again, I know we walk the fine line with the Star Wars comics, and I know John's not a fan. And, and I go back and forth. I did also read uh, a, a more recent issue of the Marvel comics where Luke is, is and it's in the same time frame, he's trying to find his path as a Jedi instead of just going back to Yoda, which I feel like would have been the natural thing for him to do, but mm-hmm. he didn't. He uh, ended up on this... Um, Jedi planet where he would, you know, to, to find, you know, answers through the living force, you submerge yourself in this ocean and it gives you visions, but then it also doesn't let you go. So Luke was having this vision wrapping with this other Jedi and then figured out that, that the undersea was all littered with Jedi bodies and Luke mm-hmm. managed to escape. So it's like the siren. 
It was, yeah, exactly correct. So, um, they, so they, is that like a, is that like Luke gets a four day weekend because of a holiday away from the rebellion and can he does like he that? does he does seem to take off a lot and get yeah. and he gets excused absence because just to lay lay I got to go do this thing where I'm checking out my thing with force. All right, Luke, that's cool. We're just going to hang out here and get our asses kicked because it's not like we need you because you're one of our best pilots or whatever. It. We got it. We're good. We're good. You know, we're already down Han Solo, but we picked up Lando. So. <laughs> Oh, no, it's interesting. Um, but so, yeah, I mean, I, and I think those stories are fine. They're comics. I mean, it's like, you, right. can, you know, when that's the only time, that's the only place you're getting anything OT these days. Right, which, exactly. Again, if you're not going to give us something, might give us something. And um, Yeah, because we get, we get near post-OT and super near pre-OT. That's basically where they're dancing Exactly. Right it's now. like yeah. they don't want to play in that era. We talked about this, Charlie, and – we have thoughts on that. We've talked about how they can do it, but apparently right. there's just no, they're so scared. It's like the, it's like the Holy grail. You don't touch it because if we screwed up the fans will rebel. I'm like, right. the fans have already rebelled. I, I think yes. you can make a lot of people happy if you just try some new things. It'll be, but speaking of, and it's funny because this next thing is, is it's the opposite of trying new things in Star Trek, but they're doing a, a tried and true format and people are people are loving on it i have not read anybody who's had anything negative to say about strange new worlds uh in no. the last in the last uh since last we recorded maybe i can't remember since last we recorded but anyway uh episodes three and four uh episode four i watched it this morning todd where are you at with it did you watch oh, i watched four as well i my, my oh, okay. charlie going to the gym has uh allowed me to catch up there and you go man oh man the show you you're absolutely right I, I love it. What Star you know, Trek yeah. needed. This is yeah. like the natural progression to what they were doing with Voyage and Enterprise, but the writing in everything is else t- is, is so tight. much tighter. I mean, I uh, really dug uh, in episode four. In, in, in they employed some familiar tropes, like you know, stuck in a cargo bay and we've got to mm-hmm. blow stuff out into space in order to survive. That was a trope that went from the original Battlestar Galactica to an episode of TNG to this, and they still did it great. They yeah. did the. Um, uh, submarine were stuck in a gas cloud uh, and don't have sonar. They did that in an episode of DS9, and they did it great there, and they did it better here. And I loved dealing with the security chief uh, with uh, with uh, Lan. Lan. So the, the one, the one who's the one who's Lon. related to Khan, the one who's related to Khan, yes. um, dealing dealing with Lon her, Khan. Lon Khan. Khan. <laughs> like the long con, you know, dealing yes. with with her PTSD with the Gorn, who was the villain of this yeah. episode. Yeah. Great. I love going back to episode uh, episode three last week, uh, which was a character study uh, of uh, number one, and we, the fact that we found out that she's a friggin' alien. She is a she's a genetically altered colonist that helped the Enterprise during this mission escape. Um, this virus that got sucked onto um, that got sucked onto the ship and then revealed that part of it was through the fault of the medical officer who has a child he has stored in the pattern buffer because she's dying of disease. And it's just, it's good stuff. They did, they do it in ways that again, some of it is kind of tropish, but like you said, the writing is tight. The pacing is tight. And it just, it just all feels really great. So I, I'm loving our strangers worlds and my strange new worlds uh, uniform top is on the way. Ordered the pants today. The boots come in July. I will be, I'm working on my hair. My goodness. Well, speaking of uh, Star Trek, as I often do, and of the Grand Petoskey Art Club, which I often do, uh, we got tapped on the shoulder uh, for, a, we have a new local theater, not the Celebration Cinema, but a, oh, chain, okay. a chain called the Phoenix Theaters, which is uh, national, but they have a couple, three theaters in the Metro Detroit area. Uh, but they rolled out uh, the director's cut of uh, Fathom Events, which does all kinds of specialty stuff. Uh, around the country, rolled out that same director's cut, which we saw on Paramount Plus a few months ago. On the big screen, they tapped us on the shoulder uh, through some associates of ours and said, please come out, you know, be here one of these days, help us drum up some activity, we'll help you drum up some activity. So, and about five of my people out there, everybody in costume, and we got to sit in and watch the film. And it's wild, I'd seen it on the big screen when the 40th anniversary came out a couple of years ago, but it didn't have the sound mix. So it had this really mm. funny, tinny, weird, no, weird sound to it. Sound mix of this was probably the best part of it because right. the the film itself didn't, does, didn't really benefit from how beautiful like Star Wars films look and, and, and that process. It's not, you know, kind of Disney cleanup. So it definitely, it's grainy in spots here and there, but the sound was the absolute greatest part of it. 
They must um, have remixed it for like Atmos and and well, and, yeah, well, and, and like and th- modern this is, sound. This is our um, this is the theater that we have here in the state that has Dolby Atmos and four of the ten screen, ten, yeah. 14 screens he has in this, and it's the uh, it's the sound that goes through. So you felt your ass is rumbling and this it'll oh, move yeah. to your right, move to your left. It was it was Lots it was, of it was, it was yeah. remarkable. So that was that was a great experience. Um, the guy Corey who owns the theater and the guy's a millionaire. He owns theaters all over the country. <laughs> Enormous Star Trek fan wants to have a huge event when the when the physical release happens this fall bring out surviving executive you know existing producers of the film have a big event at his theater and have us bring out our full setup with the captain's chair and the helm council and have it be a big thing for us so that that would be that would be amazing i would Very just cool. love Very to cool, rub it up so yeah i love i love you know running the chapter and and just really gives me access to kind of all my dreams so nice. uh <laughs> let's wrap it up and todd uh it's time to skip out on the check because the service was that bad uh and we but we do have to get over to the aeropuerto to get on air Qantas to get down to the land down under that's right it's time for the thunderdome the mutants and bringing them something new let's do it welcome to another edition of Thank you, Tina. We're sitting in the Thunderdome where the mutants have been gathered for a topic or a game to be entertained. And this week, we're kind of doing a retrospective. And we're going to start with um, looking at the world of geek and what basically our path to where we are today and how it was basically the road was paved with kind of the pioneers in an era where there just wasn't a lot of avenues and options to get content in the world of a genre. So we figured we kind of take folks that are maybe a little younger and don't remember those days. You know, this is, this predates us, but Charlie, you and I both got to experience a lot of those things because of syndication you better and because for there you, just wasn't a lot of, you know, original content. So they you had, had to replay this stuff. You had Channel 66. I had TV 50 in Detroit. Well, you had TV 50 as well. Well, and Detroit had Channel 20. Yeah. Um, and, yeah Todd, was, and just for your geography buffs, Todd and I grew up about 70 miles from each other. So I'm from Metro Detroit. He's from Metro Flint. Well, then you moved <laughs> to the other yes. side of the state. Yes. So, yeah. So I essentially got all the Detroit stations. Um, so I got that plus some stuff from the, you know, the middle part of the, we had 66, which is a Flint station. So right. I got a little bit of everything. So, yeah, I mean, so growing up in, in you know, a kid of the eighties, which we largely were, we did get a lot of this old content because right. there just was only so much versus today. There's so much of everything that's brand new. So we thought we'd walk you through kind of like some of the things that debuted in the, the era of the 60s. We were going to do 50s, but there's just not much there. It's the 50s, the, 40s, the, 30s, and 20s. The, the, swing, the, swing in, the swing in 50s, Daddy-O. Well, I'll take on this first one, and I'll, like you said, I'll skip the the obvious ones. This would be television, or according to the notes here, uh, Big T, Little V. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I'll, ta- I'll, 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 I'll take it from the bottom backwards, and I'll, we'll just mention the... Uh, the ones that, and thank God for the short page. Um, but certainly mm-hmm. some stuff that I've never heard of. Uh, let's see here. Let me let me latch on the first thing I have heard of. Uh, Doctor Who obviously came along in the 60s. That is a, a production from the UK. The Thunderbirds, Marionettes, was in 1965. I don't know that I ever caught this anywhere, Todd. How about you? I did. It, oh, okay. I did. it was pretty bad, but it was it was entertaining, and it was just weird to see these marionettes talk and go on adventures, and they do their marionette walking. Kind of a right. this is kind of why you got America Team. Uh, what is it? America's Team. Oh, America t- uh, uh, World Police. Team America World yeah. Police. Yeah, America. Same America. Thing here. Yeah, big stuff. Yeah, but this was kind of like it was a way to do really fantastical things on the cheap with marionettes and right. like miniatures. And actually, your buddy Jonathan Frakes directed a. Yes, he film. did in the in the early aughts, if I'm not, or the late nineties, even. But yeah. Um, clearly that rocketed him to even bigger success. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, marionettes have just never really taken off huge, but this was a product of its time. Now, uh, something a little bit higher up on the list that that I didn't realize it was so short is The Prisoner, which which yeah. is another UK series uh, starring uh, Patrick McGowan, who I believe he later went on to have a role in Bale Star Galactica. Wasn't he the Count? 
I believe so. I yeah, think that, yeah. yeah, Count Count Ibley, I believe, and who is a, a villainous character. So yeah, that was a great one. But yeah, it was a uh, a spy fiction with elements of sci fi, psychological drama. A British secret agent taken and held prisoner in a mysterious coastal village resort where his captors try to find out why he abruptly resigned from his job. Weird. And seventeen episodes. I mean, I could knock that shit right yeah. out. I wonder if that's uh, maybe that's on BBC America or BritBox or something. I'd be curious. Yeah, it might be. But yeah, it was kind of known for the fact that it was trying to do one story arc, which was right. kind of like unique at the time. And, and uh, yeah, definitely a cult classic. Yeah, yeah. Definitely doing things kind of probably inspired more like shows like Lost and shows like Alias, probably. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. We have a pair of, and again, I'm not sticking too uh, strictly to this list, but we have a couple of... Um, uh, kind of anthology series, yeah, the outer, the absolutely. outer, the outer limits, which came on in the mid '60s, and at the top of this list is the Twilight Zone, which is actually from October of 1959. So we're cheating just a little bit, um, but beyond classics, and Twilight Zone is is you know neck and neck with these people, with of course the original Star Trek, which came out in 1966. But the Twilight Zone has so many absolute. I mean, in the vignettes in the Twilight Zone, the episodes were five or 10 minutes each. They were just literally these little crazy short stories uh, hosted by, you know, Rod Serling and the, you know, the music and his introduction are synonymous with, um, with the era, you know, and really with, and with fantasy and science fiction and turning things on its ear. There's of course the, uh, you have a uh, Burgess Meredith as the guy who survives the nuclear explosion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he just wants to be alone. He's a librarian and he, he's the last man left on earth. And he stumbles into stumbles through the rubble, you know, into a library with more books than he could ever imagine. And he drops and shatters his glasses and he can't see. And he says, there was like time the now. Paw. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or yeah, you, you know, you get what you wish for in a uh, unfortunate fashion. Or the you know the the, the woman in in, in Bronston surgery and and they're you know they they they're pulling her wrappings off and she is a, a beautiful normal looking woman, but all the surgeons and the nurses have pig faces. It's just turning everything on its ear. Absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. You didn't know where the twist was going to happen, exactly. and Night Shyamalan was obviously uh, right. really inspired by that. Steven uh, or Steven right. Spielberg was as well with Amazing Stories, right. which we got in the eighties. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, The Outer Limits was more sci-fi focused. Twilight right. Zone was telling just anthology stories with weird twists. Right. Uh, another one that sticks out to me, Charlie, is The Avengers, which was oh, essentially. Totally. Just a interesting duo. Uh, oh, quick, a quick sidebar. The, the uh, Patrick McGowan, not the guy uh, in uh, Battlestar Galactica, but Patrick Mini was because that Macney is because that's the dude's face was yes. the Count Battlestar. So there we go. And yes, Diane, Diana Rigg, who later in one of the last roles of her career was a very elderly matriarch on the Game of Thrones, wasn't she? Wasn't that Absolutely. her? Absolutely, yes. yes. She was fantastic. Yes, we loved her. Yes, uh, Ooh, and I, elderly and, Tyrell. Honor Blackman, Pussy Galore herself. My goodness. Yes, and one honorable mention would be Lost in Space. That was, once again, a science fiction show with a family doing their thing, and it was now brought back to Netflix. But once again, I mean, you've got Dr. Smith, the robot classics there that inspired future shows. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the 60s, definitely, they got to try some things. So, you know, that's you know. pretty, pretty cool that we got that. So we're going to move on to toys and just Woo-hoo! do a quick there, Charlie, because... Yes. This really was the first era of real toys for kids. Oh my God, Todd! Up first in the pre-roll, we were t- you were you were griping about Andor and Star Wars, and I said, Todd, it's like the monkey with the symbols, and it's the very first thing on this list is the vintage clapping monkey toy, the thing you clap and it does that. Um, yeah, th- th- things that uh, you know amuse kids along with. I mean, number two on this list blows my mind with the, the vintage clapping monkey, not so much, but the number two one, holy cow! Original Rock'em Sock'em Robots? Absolutely. Everybody knocked their heads off, and they keep bringing it back. I think Target just brought that version back. And it was really because kids loved robots, and it was an interactive toy. It was fun. I mean, mean, and other than that, I mean, if you look at this list, I mean, the toys are pretty generic. We did get G.I. Joe. We did get G.I. Joe, you know, the the 12 figures. Yep, Viewmaster, Spider-Graph. A lot of, like, crafting stuff, which was interesting. Right. yeah, I mean, but it was pretty limited. I mean, there just right. wasn't anything that was like, wow, toys were great. Right. <laughs> and they really oh, weren't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I no had a kid. Mr. Machine. Oh, my God. If you wanted up, you could see his gears. 
Yeah. Gotcha. Ooh, ca- the, the original cap guns. Bam, bam. I had a few of those. We just put a row of caps in it and snapping its way through. So, light yeah. Bright, Charlie, I, I owned a light bright. Yeah. I mean, oh, my goodness. Captain Kangaroo Presto. Operation and, was created. Oh, man. I mean, the, uh, the, origi- the, the original Ken doll. Look at that. Easy with bake with oven. I mean, Skipper. Uh, barrel of monkeys. I mean, yeah. so, <laughs> kids. You are blessed that you had more to play with than right. the Fisher Price Little People right. and Kaleidoscope. <laughs> oh my God! But oh my God. segueing the from, Batman yeah. hand puppet. Oh my God! Oh my God! Exactly. Gosh. I'm having fun. I'm having oh fun. Oh my folks. God! I like it. But we had some crazy shit. We're we're going to dovetail into talk about horror films. Oh, oh my yeah. good God! And I think that just looking over this list, I would say Hitchcock ruled the roost. No pun intended. Uh, in particular, we had The Birds in 1963. We had Psycho in 1960 with Janet Lee, uh, which was it was I think it was pretty synonymous because it showed oh god you saw a woman in the shower even though you didn't really see anything. Um, but yeah, it was uh, and that movie in the end of it was just kind of terrifying for its ramifications as as a, opposed to being a you know a slasher film of any kind. But um, yeah, I mean everything everything on this list is is kind of, is is pretty much black and white. Um, a lot of these we films. Get, we, I mean, we did get Rosemary's Baby, which was yeah, that's the big a churn, one with oh. a, with a definitely a message about women's you know owning their bodies. This is a time when you know uh, owning your body and the devil. Well, we're, they were trying to claim their their bodies back for from men and right. you know the pill and everything. So I think it was kind of really a part about that was right. controlling the reproductive uh, the organs and I mean, which is great. I mean, it was part of the right. revolution. We had Night of the Living Dead, which was a oh my god society, right? Um, you know, where we had a black lead in a right. horror film, which is so different than what we're used to. Right. I mean, and it, it really, it really revolutionized the genre, you know, without a doubt. Uh, and, and, you know, led us into the whole era of, you know, the walking dead and what, and all these things that we have these days. So, uh, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I mean, and Hollywood was transitioning from like the really goofy stuff, the, like, you know, I was a teenage werewolf and, and, and stuff from the fifties <laughs> where there wasn't a lot of great horror films. They were, they're holding off from like the universal monsters yeah, and right. trying to, to get a little bit more complex and do some different things. And even like this, this last summer, Charlie, we had a, a, our friends had us over to watch a movie in their backyard called black Sunday. It was an Italian film uh, that kind of dealt with like possession and witches, which, it's still a little cheesy. We laughed at times, but it was, you could tell they were trying to do some cool stuff in 1960, which, you know, give them credit for that. Absolutely. So moving right along to the science fiction is a little bit more up uh, our alleyway here. Again, a lot of stuff that doesn't immediately jump off of me. I've not seen 2001, a space odyssey, which came out in 1968 since I was, probably a teenager because my dad's like this is an important movie you've got to watch this movie and it was all about the monolith and the apes and pay attention to the apes and they evolve and stuff and i'm like one of the you know first real hints i got how much my dad you know is kind of my dad who's kind of a manly man is into science fiction and geek stuff kind of in his own way mm-hmm. really yeah. really love that like in the story of uh, the store uh, blah, blah, blah. the star of this film the you know i can't do that i can't do that dave is a uh, gary lockwood no. Yeah, I uh, well, the, the the human star was Gary Lockwood, who was in the the second pilot of uh, Star Trek. Of Star Trek, he was Kirk's best friend, Gary Mitchell, the guy who got transformed into an esper and he had a pow- god powers, and Kirk had to take him down. Um, and I think that was just about it <laughs> that he was ever in. But um, yeah, a long list of this was the era of the great movie one sheets that were largely animated because you had Barbarella, uh, obviously with which uh, was Jane, like a Jane go Fonda. go yeah hippie. right. Just having fun, science right. fiction, you know, with with Jane Fonda. Yeah, kinda, exactly. Yeah, and that movie was goofy. It was kind of like you could see parts of Barbarella in, like, the Flash Gordon movie in a way. Right. So you could see where the influence was. But, I mean, Charlie, you get some of these, like, classic books like, yeah. and put on screen, like Fahrenheit 451. Yeah. Um, I mean, and then you get some of these classics like Village of the Damned, which has been oh, yeah. done many, many times. Right. Beginning yeah. of the, uh, you know, Ch- the Chuck Heston classic Planet of the Apes, which is – Currently led to the spread of monkeypox, according to social media. 
<laughs> I mean, but then you had like like real science and, and trying to make see what we could do with it in the screen. I remember watching Fantastic Voyage as right. a kid syndication where you had these 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 scientists shrunk down and put into the human body the Fantastic right. Voyage. Oh and man, you got to like, see as a kid, like you got to see like oh, there's platelets. There's platelets yes. and there's 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 viruses in the. I mean, right. I'm like that was so cool as a kid. But I mean, they really tried some things that were interesting. I mean, the time machine. I remember, I remember loving that movie. Jules Verne bringing that to you know the the uh, you know modern times, which was really neat. I mean, so it was their first opportunity to really bring these these cool stories to life in a way that was really neat. Um, even. Invasion of the Triffids, which was kind of a cool science fiction tale, <laughs> where they blinded like the science this this alien invasion came in and they blinded everyone, so they couldn't see it. So these aliens could just essentially snatch up people who are blind would walk into them, and, and then gr- one person and was and not blind. Pants. Oh my! I like the description of this last movie on the list: a journey to the far side of the sun, uh, to uh, to the European Space Council sends two astronauts to explore a planet similar to Earth, located on the opposite side of the sun. I I'm all where's the remake of that one? That's a, I, that is. A solid plot line. The I'm totally side of the sun. Yeah, exactly. Might as well we be all rotate around the sun. Well, it, it must which be planet is not there. So positioned <laughs> that you can't. It's 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 in a blind spot. You can't see it. Apparently, it just hovers around the sun constantly. Oh yeah, my god! Yeah, it's like it's like hanging out in that warp cloud that we just saw right. in uh, the latest Star Trek. Uh, That's and what lastly, it was. Charlie. Cartoons, oh, cartoons, Jim, so much is, fun. This must be the best part of the list right here because, again, I just love the kickoff to this because you have going from right to left Scooby-Doo, Underdog, Fred Flintstone, and the animated Paul McCartney from the from the Beatles cartoon. God, I haven't seen that in years. Uh, but, yeah, what, God, what a, I mean, what a laundry list of great stuff. The Flintstones, which kicked off in 1966. Bugs Bunny, uh, the, oh, God, Alvin and the Chipmunks. <laughs> Courageous can't minute mouse. Oh, Charlie, I watched this cartoon on Channel 20 in the morning. Courageous Cat and Mini and Minute oh Mouse. Oh my god. Was such a weird like Batman spin-off. It was poorly animated and well, so dumb. This but said, as a well, kid, well, that's this all said, you got. This said right here, this was the art the blurb says it was it really went on to be more of a generating the KP field that gave to the Batman series because this was a few years before. Well, it was created by Bob Kane as well. Oh, there you go. Weird. So it really yes. is. So but, but my God, the Jetsons, uh McGill Gorilla. Uh, Tennessee oh, Tuxedo. So many t- bad t- Hannah Barbera cartoons. Yeah, Tennessee Tuxedo and his tales. Oh, God. The anime. Johnny Quest. Oh, wow. Oh, that, that, that's, that's a, a very, That's a very problematic look with the Rachi and his Well, Yikes. Um, Peter Potamus, Underdog, which we talked yeah, about. Yeah, you can skip most of these crappy. Oh, the Beatles, though. The Beatles. Oh, it doesn't really. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm a, I'm a Beatles absolute nutcase. But it, it's it, and it just even really reading right through this does not exist anywhere to be watched, which is a bummer. Yeah. I but I mean, I think the, the, the key ones to take away are like Space Ghost. Alex Toth designed the costumes, created yeah. the characters, you know, and just iconic designs that just were let down by the actual, you know, production of the show right. but um but people remember what the way they look i mean right. uh and then the marvel shows were horrible i mean oh my god just, yeah the uh yeah the fantastic four the hulk iron man oh the Spider-Man series from the 60s oh, was bad. Maybe. the herculoids good yeah like you said hannah barbera stuff oh samson and goliath god Sh- oh, Sh- shazan it looks like sinbad what the hell what the hell is yeah, shazan Oh, it's it's, it's only could yeah it was bad but I think the standout you know I mean we did get some uh, Japanese animation finally coming to the states so people got some really cool shows to watch that they just had never heard of before it was well, really cool Dad, here's uh, here's spun off the movie just talk about it, Fantastic Voyage which was on for a year it was cartoon absolutely and then I think the the one that is survived the longest and just amazing how evergreen the series is and that's Scooby Doo oh God, 1969. Yes. Right, yeah, yeah, and the, yeah, fifty, geez, you know, fifty, almost as old as the original Star Trek. So now, you know, going on for fifty-five years. I have never existed. I don't think there's ever been a year where there hasn't been something new in Scooby Doo. Probably not. Just, yes, it just it it sta- it stays alive. So, oh, this this was fun. 
This this was a and and you did a nice job putting this list together. So I have to commend it you was for that. it was it was kind of tough to find some like succinct lists that kind of yeah. covered things. And obviously we would call, but we're gonna do this because I think we're gonna do the seventies, the eighties, the nineties, the two thousands get a little harder because there's just so much. Right. Uh, so maybe it's only going up to the nineties to basically to let people know before the age of streaming and and cable apparently. Right. Uh, yeah. Right. You know, some of our listeners, if we're lucky, were probably born in the 90s or some of them were not. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Because a lot of our guests who've been on make us feel very old. Oh, like my God. Buddy Mark, who is almost 20 years younger than us. Charlie. Oh, my God. Uh, you know, and just and the people that. No, that, well, 10 years younger. Well, and people that Mark finds to have on Holocron with us are these, these kids the same age as my son. It's like, oh, my God. Yikes. We can be, but we can be envoys to the younger yes. class, and and you know we can en- embrace the new things coming as well. Indeed, we can. Well, with that, we put a wrap to this thing that we call podcastry. Todd, where do people find you out there in the social networks? Oh, they can find me at T Oxtra. Always having a good time in the world of social networks. Um, and I just want to give a quick plug. Check out our YouTube page. We talk about it in the end credits, but still, we're doing good, some good stuff. We've got a lot of people checking it out. We need subscribers, though, because if we get to 100, we will get our own URL. And that's where we're having all the fun. You get to see our reactions, our faces, and my cool background when Charlie's acting crazy. You can see his background. And I, I just, I just think it's so much more fun to see our reactions and see where we're at. Uh, it's a companion, you know. Put on YouTube while you're working, and you can have have fun along the way. To quote Ron Burgundy, "It's compelling and rich." Um, you can find me uh, over on the social medias, in, in particular on Twitter at the C three, trying to share and have some good times. Uh, my wife April and I also run, as I mentioned earlier in the episode, the West Michigan chapter of the Star Trek international fan club that would be the uss grand petoskey find us across all social media platforms at that join us love us talk about some star trek i also try to fill up our uh secret friends unite facebook page with content when i get the opportunity but we want to hear from you so hit us up with that i'm going to tell you friends as always thank you for joining us sharing is caring and to keep on trucking be the hero not the villain in a truck This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server. Or follow at Secret Friends U on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.